Hi everyone, I'm Shilpa and this is Chic Lotus Controversial Conversations, where we will hear from people of different backgrounds with different experiences and different perspectives on taboo topics, hoping to create a more accepting and less judgmental world. Let's get it started. Thank you so much for joining me and being here to celebrate my newest venture. I'm super excited to share this new project with you and have you all here with me to continue to share stories through my voice this time, not just through my writing, um, and also share the stories of others who um, we can all learn from because I know that's how I have learned um, not just through my own mistakes and my own stories, but also um, the lessons that other people have learned. I want to bring light to controversial topics, encourage individuals to question assumptions, and then stimulate reflective introspection and open our hearts and minds and influence a shift in the way we view differences through raw and authentic storytelling from diverse lines of thought and experiences. I want this to be a safe place for people to share their stories without fear or guilt or shame or judgment and ultimately inspiring people to find joy by living their own truth because that is how I found my happiness you know, I was I was living someone else's happiness, someone else's joy, someone else's truth for a very long time. And I have learned that the key to actually truly enjoying life and feeling true joy is by accepting who I am and living that truth proudly. So this has been a true blessing and this is the message that I want to share with everyone else. I want everyone to feel seen, heard, and accepted and loved for their different ways of living and different experiences and different perspectives on life. Not everything is black and white and not everything is right or wrong. You know, one culture will tell you um, this is right and the other um, religion will tell you, no, that's absolutely wrong. So everything can be so subjective. We're all just trying to figure out life and navigate the cards that we were dealt and figure out what our true joy is and what our meaning is and what our purpose is. And I feel none of us have it figured out. We're all on the same boat trying to make sense of our lives here and our time on this earth. None of us have it together, especially me. (laughs) So here is my story. This is what I want to do first. The first episode (laughs) would be about who I am, where I came from, why I even wanted to do this. So here's my story. I'm a first generation American. My parents moved from India when I was four. So it was a very confusing time for me, probably into my 20s. Um, just balancing both of those cultures, Indian and American, drastically different cultures. With my parents having just come from India and wanting to still preserve a lot of their 
traditions and values that they held so close to their heart. And then uh, here I am trying to also preserve them as well to make them happy. But then I'm thrown into this culture, this Western culture that's free-spirited and um, I guess you could say wild and which can be frightening to someone more traditional because there is so much more freedom here, more freedom to be yourself, uh, more freedom to stand out when you know, the Indian culture is more about the collective, more about the community, more about the family. It is so much more about the group mentality rather than the individual. So you do everything you can to fit in to the family and the community to be accepted. And that's how you get your value. It's it's through how much you are loved and respected in the community and American culture is so different. It's, it's about the individual. How can you stand out? How can you be unique? When um, Indian culture is like, nope, do not be unique. You got to follow, follow the same path. Everyone is, is the same. And that is the secret to success and happiness in life. And I didn't quite fit in to either. I didn't, I wanted to be accepted too. And, you know, I just have that innate need need inside of me who wants to be accepted and loved and appreciated by both, by everyone. That's just who I am. I'm a people pleaser. Definitely have been working on that the past few years, but I wanted to be loved uh, by my parents so badly and I wanted to be accepted by my American friends at school and you know it was it was really hard navigating those two those two drastically different cultures because at home I had to be someone and then at school I had to be someone else and the person I was would not please either of those environments and those people and um, you know for example, it's just so, so confusing. In in Indian culture, at least the way I grew up, you can't date. You don't talk about boys. You can't have sex. Like sex is a sin <laughs> before marriage. And you can't even think about think- dating boys until after you graduate college and you're, po- you're thinking about getting married. Yeah, so all these things got so confusing for me because I'm like, these are normal teenage hormones that I'm having and desires. And it's, it's, it's a part of just growing up, right, as a normal teenager. And and I I wasn't allowed to have those feelings. Or if I did, I couldn't talk about them. While on the other hand, I have this culture where people at school are giving blowjobs at birthday parties. <laughs> so it's just so drastically different. It's like, okay, what's right or wrong? What's, you know, one side is telling me, no, you are a horrible person, a slut, um, you are going to be ostracized from the community. You're going to be shunned. You cannot express those kind of emotions or desires until you're married. And while the other is like, what are you talking about? You don't date. That's insane to me. How do you just marry someone you barely know? Or how do you wait until your 20s to to date someone and then get married? Um, it's kind of ridiculous. So I, I remember, I feel my mom's biggest fear was that I was going to lose my virginity at prom. So she did not want any of us going to prom because that was always the theme on American television. Anyone else remember those shows where literally everyone, that was the biggest thing to look forward to at prom was losing your virginity. 
So I barely got to go, but uh, I did go. It was nothing. I did not lose my virginity. I lost it before that. But <laughs> yeah, anyway, so it was just always this confusing environment for me to be in, to navigate to both of these cultures. So I always knew I had to be someone for my family that that they would approve of, that they would be proud of, that would not bring any shame to the family. So that is who I I had become for them. And I lived a double life because there was a part of me that was not, that was not me. That was not true to who I was. And yes, partially so, but not completely. I was doing everything for everyone else. I wanted to please everyone else. I wanted to like, I wanted everyone else to like me because ultimately I didn't like myself. So everything in my culture is about pretending, pretending, at least the Indian side, pretending that you do not have any mental health issues, that you don't have any crises, you don't have anything, any family issues, um, you don't have any insecurities, you're doing well in school, you're not screwing up. Uh, Because otherwise, if you don't, people will talk shit about you and your reputation goes down the drain because you're a normal human being and have issues like the rest of us, right? Like everyone else, we're all the same in that, in that way. But we are not allowed to show weakness in that way because we can be looked down upon and we will be. I've seen it happen time and time again. It's happened to me and it's shitty, shitty feeling. So I knew I had to pretend and I learned this from an early age. We don't talk about real things, real feelings, real emotions. So when I was eight years old, I was molested by my uncle. I said uncle really weird. Uncle. Anyway, I was molested by my uncle and after it happened, I told my aunt and my cousin and my aunt's response was, you know, I'm so sorry. I feel, you know, she, she did feel bad that it happened. But she wasn't surprised by what happened. So clearly she knew about him and his behavior. But the one thing she did tell me is don't tell anyone. So I wasn't allowed to tell my parents or my siblings. And clearly she didn't protect me in that situation either. But I ended up telling friends at school. And that's how my family ended up finding out. But when they did, nothing was done meaning no one consoled me, no one talked to me about my emotions, no one asked me how I was feeling, what I was dealing with. Um, And I had to continue to see my uncle at family gatherings and family events and pretend like nothing happened. Um, And it's really, I was so confused by this, you know, I, I, I was devastated and hurting inside and I knew this man had hurt me and done something that made me feel terrible. Done something that kept me up at night. Um, and I had to pretend like nothing happened and he was being kind and nice in, in these settings where we were celebrating holidays and stuff, so it gets it get it was confusing for me. Did I do something wrong? Did he not do something wrong? So he wasn't punished, and I understand my parents were also in a. They were scared. I'm sure they were scared. 
First of all, they weren't taught to express their emotions because that's not what their families taught them. But also, you know, um, my aunt um, had helped them significantly when we had first moved to the U.S. So I know that had a lot to do with it as well. They probably felt guilt and um, they also didn't want my reputation to be ruined. They didn't want their reputation to be ruined. They didn't want my aunt's reputation to be ruined and her husband's and affect their family at all. So they were just so scared. They were new to this country. They didn't want to rock the boat. So we pretended and they taught me to pretend and act like nothing had happened, that life was good and I was fine, right? Fine. And that's what I I had learned to say the rest of my life. I am fine and covered up with a smile even though I was often crying myself to sleep. And I remember throughout my childhood doing that often because I was I was constantly thinking about the pretending that I had to do and how I was not living my truest self and not accepted for who I was or my truth. And I was still pay- dealing with pain from my abuse that I could never have... S- truly talked about with the people I wanted to talk to about, the people that I hoped and wished protected me during that time and didn't. But I was given the job of protecting them and their reputation and how they felt or how they looked in the community. That was my job as a child. Sometimes it became overwhelming for me, this this balancing act between the two, this, this double life. And it, you know, at 16, it kind of overwhelmed me and exploded. And I thought it would be better for me to leave because who I was, was too much. Who I was, was not good enough. And I was scary. I scared. My truth would scare my family and the people that I loved and wanted to be accepted by and that it would have been better for everyone if I had just left. So at 16, I attempted suicide. And, um, you know, the, thing, the funny thing is, the funny thing is that when I was in the hospital, the only thing I was concerned about was, will people find out? Will people in my community find out because this is going to be embarrassing for myself and my family and that is the that is the emotion I was dealing with at that time embarrassment um I was just so scared I didn't want people to think I was crazy or that or or wondering what was happening at home that I had I had done that thank god I had survived and the doctor told me that it was a miracle that I wasn't brain dead. So clearly I was here. I was like, oh, I'm here for a reason. I need to figure out what this is. I do have a purpose. I don't know what it is, but I, I know I'm here for a reason. God wants me here. And 
after that, you know, once again, didn't talk about what happened. I was mortified. I was embarrassed. And even in front of my family, anytime suicide or the topic of suicide came up in conversation with anyone or it was on TV, I would get so embarrassed and I would hope no one would talk to me about it. Well, of course they didn't. Yeah, so I never dealt with emotions around that. I never dealt with why. Why did I do it? Why was I hurting so badly? So I went on with life. I'm still sad, still heartbroken, still having those bouts of sadness, deep, deep sadness where I would cry myself to sleep. But I mean, I'm not saying I didn't have moments of joy. I really did. Um, I, I was good at compartmentalizing. You know, that's that part of me that you know, that double life, I I became really good at it for a long time and kind of pushing my true self and my true desires to the, to the bottom and hiding them until things started to slowly leak out and explode. (laughs) But yeah, so I, you know, I follow the rules. I did, I did well in school. I went to college and got, went to grad school, ended up marrying, an Indian man I had dated for a few years and you know things things caught up it caught up to me um especially in that marriage that's when it everything started hitting me again I was still feeling these moments of deep sadness where I would sit in my house um which from the outside my life looked so perfect right and it was this perfect little package from the outside but on the inside I would have moments of time alone where I'm like, this cannot be it. This cannot be the rest of my life. And I would just be so sad and I could not figure out why. I did not know why I was feeling this deep sadness. I couldn't put it into words. And I was always trying to look for an escape. I had fallen in love with travel and I realized that I loved it so much because it was an escape from my real life. Um, the, you know, the man I had married was pretty much an extension of my family. Good man, good heart, but still very traditional and had very similar values to my family. And it was af- almost afraid of who I really was. Afraid of when he did see those those parts of me that were authentic and real, that it it scared him just as it as it scared my family. So I knew once again, I still had to pretend, pretend and hide those parts of myself. Once again, you know, it only worked for so long and then it explodes. <laughs> so, you know, I fell in love with travel and it became my escape. It was mainly, it was mainly because I would, I would be able to go into new places alone and be whoever I wanted to be, be this, be my real self. And I had people who were, who loved it. I met people who wanted to be my friend and were like, you're super cool. And I'm like, what? I am, you know, and, and those were the times when I saw 
true parts of myself come out. And I loved who that person was. And I loved the per- the people that I was meeting and um, the exploration of newness, you know, of everything new around me and not just around me, but within myself. And that's why I had fallen in, lo- in love with travel. And then you know, because of all the heaviness I was feeling of these, this living this double life of not living my truth in front of people I was around on a daily basis was weighing very heavy. And, you know, I turned to things like cheating and lying and being deceitful. And, and that all that shit exploded in front of my face one day. And I had to really take a hard look at who I was at that time. Is this the person I, I, I set out to be? Is this the person that was given the second chance of life? Do I want to be a liar and a cheater and a deceitful person? Is this me? And it wasn't. I knew I didn't want to be that person. And it might have taken me some time to get there, but I figured it out. And I, But I figured out also that I did not want to be the person who was also being deceitful to myself, meaning I did not want to live this double life anymore. I did. I just couldn't. So I remember going to my therapist. Finally, this is what actually got me into therapy, all these marital issues. So to me, honestly, my, my divorce was the biggest blessing of my life, not just because, you know, I, I, I left my family and my marriage or whatever, but um, it was mainly because it was the thing that shook me and made me really look at myself deeply within myself and it's hard to do it is hard to do but it was the biggest blessing ever because it started this journey and the spiritual journey for me that is about healing and learning to love myself and learning to love others so a lot had gone down and it breaks my heart to think about all the pain, the turmoil, everyone, not just myself, but everyone around me had to experience during this time. You know, it's a, it's a tough situation to be in for everyone. And um, we were all causing each other a lot of pain. So I remember going to my therapist and telling him, you know, is, is this is this okay? Am I able to have a life where I'm no longer making my family and loved ones happy? Am I still lovable if they don't love me? You know, when I first had gone in there, I realized I was making choices, or he made me realize that I was making choices for the happiness of others, my family and my husband and his family and all of the, you know, the community. And he, you know, it's not wrong. It's not wrong to, to do that. But um, he, uh, he asked me that question. Is that, you know, what makes you happy to make others happy? Or does making yourself happy make you happy? And I'm like, man, the thought of going back to living for others happiness made me want to kill myself. I wanted to die at that thought. Because like I can't go back there because even after my suicide attempt, I still dealt with, dealt with 
suicide ideation. Like I, anytime anything went bad, I wanted to die. It was too hard. It was too heavy. I was not good enough. I was not like, I just, it was, it was awful. And the thought of having to go back there is like, damn, I, I don't want to do that. I know I would rather die than have to do that to live other people's happiness and not because any of them were bad people. They're such good people, but I wasn't living my truth. I wasn't allowing myself or accepting myself for who I am. And I didn't even know who that was yet. You know, I I was what in my late twenties, 28, 29, I think when all this stuff was happening and I didn't even know who that was yet. At that time, I had a very successful business doing makeup for her weddings, which was a dream of mine since I was a kid, along with being an occupational therapist. Well, I still had that degree, but I was no longer working full time. And I had been married and I was a daughter and I, I don't know. I didn't, I don't know who else I was until I actually left everything behind. So I decided to get divorced to free myself and free my ex for him to find true joy and true happiness with a partner that will actually make him happy and so he can have the life that he deserves, you know, and along with me so I can have the life that I deserve and to even figure out what that was. I don't, I didn't even know what I was looking for anymore because what I once thought was what I wanted was other people's idea of what they wanted for me. It wasn't mine, you know, and I picked up and picked up everything and moved to LA to a city I didn't know anyone, Um, found some roommates, lived out there for about two years, kind of slowed down on my makeup business because I realized I wanted to really spend time doing things that I love and looking within myself, figuring out who I want, who I am, exploring myself and opportunities, trying anything and everything that could have ever popped into my head of like, I want to try that, you know? So I did a lot of crazy shit when I was in LA, which was awesome. (laughs) But um, I also traveled a ton because that was something I was shamed for before. No one really understood my love and passion for it. So I, I knew that was something I really wanted to do a ton of. So I did. But yeah, so the those two years I spent really looking within, really figuring out who I wanted to be, who I am and who I wanted to be, remembering who that was and learning to accept and love her and being proud of her and no longer needing to be validated by others. And of course, I'm still working on that. It's not an overnight process and it might be a whole lifetime thing for me. But it, it was the start of that for me. It was the start of that journey for me. And it's, oh God, it's such a freaking blessing, guys. I had to have distance from my family. I had to have distance from people I knew. I had to have distance from my community because I wanted the freedom to do whatever I wanted, be whoever I wanted until I figured out who I actually was, you know? Uh, so I tried everything or any, anything I wanted to until I slowly have come to a place where I do feel more confident in who I am and what I want out of life. And so, of course, for leaving 
and starting over and experimenting and trying new things and all of that. I, I you know, as as I knew it would happen, I had family disapproval. I had community disapproval. People talking plenty of negative things about me, um, which you know made me super strong. At that time, I didn't really have the support of my family, and I was I was pretty isolated. And I also I. It killed me at that time. It, it really devastated me to not have their support and understanding. But it also it was for purpose. And I didn't realize that until years later or, you know, what, two years later or so when I had to deal with all of that alone and make and make and meet new friends and new people who could relate, who would love me for who I who I was and the things that I was struggling with and that I am just freaking human, you know, just for the fact that I am human and trying to be authentic and trying to be better and trying to figure out, um, my life. Um, so it was a blessing for me to be able to detach from my family and a lot of their expectations and the cultural, values and traditions that I no longer valued. So that was a really important part of my life. And it's been crazy because I ended up, you know, being on that journey and then ended up falling in love again, which I didn't think would happen so quickly or, um, yeah, so soon. It was absolutely unexpected. And yeah, I fell in love got married 10 months later in a ceremony um, in Big Sur. We eloped where it was just my best friend and his best friend and no one else was invited. Uh, Of course, you know, there would have been more people I would have loved to have there. But one of the things I just, I didn't want to do anything for anyone else. I wanted it to be about us and without any guilt, you know. And we did it. And of course, we dealt with the repercussions of that from our families, uh, mainly mine. But obviously, they weren't necessarily supportive because it is so out of the norm and they took it very personally. And I don't blame them. You know, there was a lot of things going on at that time. And our um, relationship was still, you know, on the rocks. And they probably felt unloved. And, you know, they were mourning the death of my last marriage that and I was marrying someone who did who they didn't know so it was very confusing for them and so I don't blame them but I also still wanted to do what I wanted to do because you know what I was over it I was done doing things for other people and I wanted to make myself happy so of course things like you are killing our parents you are embarrassing them um you're an embarrassment. <laughs> Everything um, that I put out in the world or shared with the world was embarrassing. And, you know, those are words that people like to use to be able to control your behavior. And, you know, and and they truly do believe it, that, that they allow other people to have other people's opinions to have power in their lives and control over them. And I understand that because I used to be the same way and sometimes still can be, you know, I'm still working through that, but I no longer wanted to be that. I no longer wanted to give anyone else that power, that much power over me, especially people who did not know who I was, 
truly deeply did not know who I was. So I learned to create some boundaries. I um, am still learning, you know, I'm still healing and I've, I've spent time trying to heal my past traumas, especially around my abuse and my relationship with my parents and things have been actually truly a blessing for me with my mom. You know, I had a lot of resentment towards her for a long, long time and I feel my relationship with her is better actually than it was before because I've chosen a path of wanting to share my truth. So because I was in hiding for so long, I almost exploded (laughs) and feel I want to share who I am and I want to share my story and I want other people to feel courageous and brave enough to do the same, that it doesn't have to be an act of bravery to just be yourself. We should all be allowed to. We all deserve to be happy. We all deserve that. And I, I'm hoping that sharing my story and sharing the story of others will help other people see that they are lovable, that they are accepted, and there are people out there who will accept them, who will love them. Even if the people around them right now in this moment aren't, so aren't necessarily accepting and loving, that they will find people who will be. And um, because I definitely have. And the most freeing, freeing thing for me has been learning how to love myself. I didn't even know the concept of self-love, you know what I mean? Prior to all of this happening. And it's just been the best, best thing and the biggest blessing. I've met some amazing, amazing people. I've made some great friends. I've met the love of my life and marriage this time around is so different because of the things I've learned about myself, who I want to be and who I don't have to be ashamed of to be a being anymore. And I, because of everything before, because of how much lying I had to do, because of how much pretending I had to do, I am the complete opposite now. My husband knows everything and anything about me. And so do my friends and so do the people around me in my circle. And I want to be able to do that with all of you uh, where I can live my truth and not feel ashamed. And I'm sure there will be plenty of people who have lots of things to say because this this can be scary for people who are uncomfortable with their own truth, you know, and who are also taught that being this free and confident and, you know, being comfortable with who you are is not okay. You know why? Because I used to be that person who used to judge people for doing some shitty things or being who they are because I was uncomfortable with who I was at that time. And I was taught from that it's not okay to be me. You have to pretend, right? So I want this to be a space for everyone to come and to know that they're loved and they are accepted and that you can find a a story that relates to you and then not everything is black and white and then hopefully we can create a more non-judgmental world out there I want to thank you so much for spending I don't know has it been an hour but spending your time listening to me and my story and I hope you join us for future stories because there's some juicy stuff coming up. I want to talk about everything and anything that I was not allowed to talk about 
before and that people consider embarrassing or controversial or, you know, just outright wrong. So everything and anything goes on this podcast. So feel free to email me, message me, look me up on Instagram and send me a message about topics that you are interested in hearing about. I have some juicy ones coming up, but feel free to let me know your thoughts and provide me some feedback. Until next time, this is Shilpa on Chic Lotus Controversial Conversations.